What up? Welcome to another episode of the Dealer Talk Podcast. This is your host, Herb Anderson. Thank you so much for tuning in. So I've probably said this person's name at least a hundred times on the podcast in season three and now in season four. And I finally have him on for a session. Um, he's actually, this is his second time on the show, uh, but I'm very, very excited for, for the guest we have today. I think this is going to be an awesome, awesome conversation and I'm looking forward to it. Without further ado, the guest for today is none other than Mr. Sean Welsh. Oh, What's up, yes. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> no, dude, thank you so much for uh, having me on, dude. I, you know, I was uh, I was with Dealer Talk, you know, in season one. You know, yeah, I, season, was, uh, season I was two. there at the beginning. Oh, season two? Season two, yeah. All right, see, you got so <laughs> season two, right? So that for me, watching what you guys have done and kind of where you're at today, Herb, it's really cool, man. Congratulations on a fourth season, bud. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, like I said, I mean, I, every everything is like I say. Well, I, I heard this from Sean Welsh. I, I have, you know, I, I was talking. I think it was Sean Armour in Canada. He's like, dude, you, you say Sean Welsh on your show, right? I'm like, dude, yeah, but I, I follow his stuff all the time. Like, I mean, it's good stuff, you know. I mean, look, um, I, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's certainly flattering. Sean Armour is another smart. That's a smart kid right there. Yeah, I, mean, sure. I like his approach. I like what he does. Uh, as 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 well, dude. You know, I, I find it to be something. I think a lot of people will say the same thing about me. Is as not. I don't say the same people's name, but I tend to go along the same storylines and and kind of reaffirm things that I've said before, maybe in different ways to capture different parts of the audience. So, Herb, you you restating something I said probably struck someone within your circle differently than it would have if I said it. And that's the beauty of this whole thing, man. So keep at it. Yeah, man. No, no, for sure. All right, so um, we typically kick things off with a recap, but you've already done that, so we're not going to go down that path. But I thought maybe we can kick things off with a 2019 recap, you know, just about the industry overall. Um, you know, a couple of things that I saw that, that had me excited. Um, fixed stops. Huge year for fixed stops. I saw a lot of push on social media. I saw um, the conversations kind of going that way with decision makers at the store level. Um, uh, so that's got me excited. We looked at, um, obviously used cars was, a, you know, it was a big year for that, uh, for some people unexpectedly. Um, and then we saw uh, new cars obviously going through a little bit of, of challenges. Um, how did that impact you? Like, you know, as far as, you know, what you saw or more importantly, how you see that translating into 2020? Well, let's go, let's start backwards, right? So let's look at number three, let's look at new car sales. Um, and this idea of sort of the compression part, of it, right? Um, that's something that we've seen in our world for quite a while. Um, you know, this isn't 2016 anymore. I know that sounds crazy only being four years removed from it. Um, but those are peak years of an industry that uh, probably won't experience something like that again uh, anytime soon. And so unfortunately, <laughs> once you hit sort of the peak, right, the only other way down the peak is down. So it, it's, it's not something that I think people need to be worried about. I think the compression is also going to happen naturally by the removal of sedans from marketplace. Um, so I think you have to just consider that maybe people aren't into SUVs. Maybe that's why people are more into used cars, and as the term implies, right? Um, and, and that's more used vehicle sales. But used cars are still selling um, because of the discounts and availability on them, right? So I think there's I think there's an upside to having compression because it's going to force people to dial in their processes, and it's also more importantly going to force manufacturers to be more aggressive, right? Um, because if manufacturers want to make dealerships responsible for tier one advertising, they may as well stop making cars because that's their responsibility, and they have been lacking. Uh, a lot of them have been getting you know trying to get fat during these times, okay. not putting money on the hood, but requiring big wholesale numbers. And so that's, an, and that's a problem that I hope kind of cures itself out of this compression. Uh, used car sales, they're great. I mean, I work with groups mm -hmm. all over the country that are used car only, and they're multi-store used car only operations, and they're having historic, historic years. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from the ability of being nimble. The companies that I work with are already, they're, they're doing the delivery model. They're offering you an ability to start the conversation online. They're being open about appraising trades without seeing them. They're taking these steps to set themselves apart in a market that is flooded with opportunity, right? Um, even new car dealers now have said, whoa, whoa holy cow, I got to flip my lot. Yeah. I need to flip it. And that's, uh, that, that's an interesting play in the business. So 
Um, there's that. And then fixed offs. Look, man, it starts with my boy Dave Foy as far as I'm concerned. The guy has been out with his team of people really, really, really hammering this message. Um, Owen Moon and what his team does. There's yeah. a lot of really, really cool people out here pushing on the space. But when that happens, right, when everyone gets excited, you've got to be even more diligent in your research about who you're doing business with. Because once everyone starts to come in the market, no different than 10 years ago, newspapers decided they were going to sell digital. You know what I mean? And by that, they white labeled something or they, yeah. they, they use some in-house guy as their digital guy, right? That's what's going to happen now on the, on the marketing side. People are going to go, oh, 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 we do fixed ops. We do fixed ops. And so you've got to be even more concerned or not concerned, like I said, diligent in your research and vetting of any new people you bring into your space that promise you more fixed ops business. It's going to be really important. So there you go, Herb. There's my uh, 2019 reverse recap for you, my friend. Right on, brother. Thank you, man. You're welcome. Uh, all right. So one of the things that I saw, uh, so obviously we were talking about this before we started recording, but um, I, I followed the, the Chronicles. I really loved the, the, that's, that whole series. And there was a lot of talk about people and processes. And I was very, um, it was very educational for me. Right. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk to you about that because um, I recently ha was having a conversation with somebody about um, the impact between that and marketing. Right. And the, mm -hmm. the, the kind of like the, the thought was, well, you know, marketing needs to hold, they need to be, they need to hold themselves accountable to vehicle sales. And my contention is, well, is that, you know, I feel like you could still sell cars without marketing, right? If you have great salespeople and great processes, you're going to sell cars because those great salespeople are not going to just sit around and wait for deals, right? They're going to go out, they're going to hunt, they're going to get the deals. And then the processes that they're going to put those customers through are, are going to win them over. Correct. You can't do that. You can't get rid of people and processes and just rely on great marketing to sell cars. I mean, do you agree with that or, you know, can we sure. maybe develop that? Dude, it's in, here's the thing, right? So, you know, the conversation, like the chicken or the egg, right? What came first? There's no debating in this situation. What came first? The consumer and buying a car came first. Okay. That, that's how this was. This we, we have to get the consumer into the car. They need to drive and travel. Fine. Over the years, marketing has become very, very important to the car business. You started this off by saying that marketing is not tied to the sale of a vehicle. You are 150% correct, okay? That is why attribution, for the most part, is dumb and a waste of everyone's time the way it's currently constructed because you're worrying about things that aren't nearly as important as the end result, okay? Data in our industry, which is there's plenty, you know this, you get into GA, you, you know, when you're in Google Analytics, you can see all the nonsense that's been created here. You can see that we're now starting to talk about things that are 1.5%, 1.75% of anything is, is insane that we're, that we're that on that much of a level of granularity with our data. Okay. So let's step back and say to ourselves, if I stop marketing, what will happen? Well, I think if you stop marketing, you're doing yourself a disservice. But the word marketing, I think, is also overused and today has a completely different meaning than it did five years or even 10 years ago. Okay, Marketing is about a dealership showing its story. It's about its people reaching out. It's about utilizing social media. And I cannot tell you enough, and I've said this on any show or opportunity I've had to say it on, is that I am not a social media guy. Okay, I do not use it outside of LinkedIn business all right and a little bit on a little bit on the facebook for business i do not have any use for it in my life and if it were not for my business i would not be anywhere near it so trust me when i'm telling you you have to be involved in social media to grow your business i it's i'm telling you it's, it's not something that I, I take lightly because i was such a naysayer five years ago if i was on your show i'd be like herb take your facebook money and burn it it's a waste. And five years ago, I think it was based on how it was being spent, how mm -hmm. the data was being utilized. I think I think it really was. Now, you if you spend ten thousand dollars on Google paid search, and you spend a thousand dollars on Facebook, let's say, I I challenge you, I challenge you to remove five from column left. So from paid search, take five grand away. So now you're only at five grand. You cut your budget in half. Take two thousand dollars of that five. Put it into Facebook, three thousand dollars in Facebook, and take the money. Put the rest in your back pocket, okay? And then start training and developing your people because that's what's going to make the difference in your life, mm -hmm. okay? Not this marketing. There's no magic bullet in marketing. Please stop. Please, exactly. 
there yeah. saying you got the fix. You're going to get dealers enough leads to sell cars. Please stop. If you're selling based on lead count, you know nothing about processing people, and that's where shit gets broken. Yeah. In fact. Yeah, you know what? It's it's. I love that you said that because it reminds me of a conversation that we had um, in our first session that was it was an eye opener for me. And you said that you know dealers don't have a um, a lead problem. We get enough leads as it is. It's what we're doing with those leads that really you know what I mean. And then again, I go. I just go back to that people process. Um, you know, formula that is going to make the difference within within the dealership. Like I, I, I feel like maybe we're putting too much emphasis on the marketing and not enough on the people process. That if we revert that and we focus more on the people process, we'd see a, a lift without having to spend more on the marketing side. And by the way, this is super weird because I'm a marketing guy, right? And I'm <laughs> so. Well, right. It is super weird, right? And I'm a car guy who just happens to be a data nerd. And as soon as I started to follow data and watch what its trends did, how it interacted with actual spends, okay? Again, I challenge a dealer. The average dealer in our network spends about 25000 a month, all right, wow. on advertising. Twenty-five grand. I challenge anyone spending $20,000 or more, take five away, put it into your people and process and train. Yeah. switch on this you you don't you don't have a lead problem even if you stop marketing you don't have a lead problem because you've got a database that's probably five years old with customers who already did business with you you could simply load into facebook build audiences boom all of a sudden now here we are back in front of people so just please stop over marketing your dealerships and start focusing on your people they are what will set you apart here and here. Herb, I know you saw the article that I posted last yes, night. Yeah. It's gone it's gone bonkers, dude. It's gone <laughs> the best thing I've ever posted in my life. Because <laughs> like, I saw my wife, I said, oh my God, all these people are looking, all these likes. And she goes, hold on a second. You sound like somebody who, who cares about likes. I said, no, no, I actually don't. What's confusing is I didn't think people were going to give a shit like this. And it's so it's so wonderful, man, to see so many people come out. But Herb, that dude only created his company because somebody he worked for was a complete idiot. I know, right? Moron, dude, and blew out a guy. <laughs> but it isn't the first time you've heard this story. That's the jacked up part about it, dude. So I just I love that. If that doesn't prove people in process, mm -hmm. I don't know what will. Um, but Herb. Let me say this, dude. Thank you so much for the support of the Chronicles. Um, you were a, you were a catalyst of, of season one. You and the Viking uh, were there. We were with you in Vegas. You guys were a part of season one, um, and then season two. You know, we removed the marketing aspect and we just dialed into the people, dude. And the conversations were better in season two. You know what I mean? The the, the amount of people we're trying to get involved was even wider of a net of season two. We are really really excited, dude. I don't know. I don't know what. I'm going to do for season three, but with all the people talking about it, I feel like I need to do it again. Yeah, um, man. I'm, uh, I'm open, man. Anyone in your network has ideas they want to see us sit down and talk with, dude, please put it out there because we had an absolute ball and our finale episode was just a home run. It was in this really cool setting. I know, dude. That was insane. It was dope, dude. It was my buddies in Madison. They really hooked it up tight. My buddies at Zipper Automotive. Um, and it's, yeah, really cool. So anyhow, thank you for your support, man. It means a lot. That, that whole thing is a spinoff from my weekly show that is supposed to be educational. It's supposed to be fun, and it's supposed to get in depth. It's supposed to go in the weeds and really you know, investigate what's going on. So, again, man, thank you for the support. Yeah, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a link to it on the show notes too. So if you're not following Sean's uh, um, uh, deal, you, you gotta check it out. Like I, I listen to it religiously. That's why I'm I'm always quoting him on the show, but. Um, I appreciate it. Well, Mondays. Monday, I'm trying a new bit on the show Monday. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know when you're. I don't know when you're going to release this show. I'm sorry, I'm doing like the day after stuff. If you release it a little bit later, but what is that? What is what is Monday here? Just so we're you and I listen. Monday the twenty seventh. Monday the twenty seventh. I'm five minutes, dude. We're trying a new bit. All right. Uh, and my wife, my wife is really concerned about this bit. <laughs> that means you're onto something, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, but that, I, it, I don't know, man, because she's always right, so she could be on to something. <laughs> I'm going to feel the effects come Monday. After. Right after I put it out to the people, but um, dude, it's it's uh, to me, it's all about taking chances in life and really saying how you feel, and that's why I'm so proud of what you've done with this show, man. Your evolution has really brought you into the forefront of being able to speak more of your mind and be who you are, as opposed to having to worry about potentially what entities you do business with have to say about you or are concerned about what you're saying. So, a uh, great job of embracing, dude. It's really good work. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, all right. So, so I want to one, you know, kind of continue this on really quick on the marketing side. I know we want to kind of evolve this deal, but just uh, kind of one last bit is for the for the decision makers tuning in and listening to this deal that are like, well, you know, but I am spending a lot of money and I do need to measure this, right? My whole concept is like, well, if you start to look at marketing different, if you start to look at marketing for what it should do, which ultimately, in my opinion, is two things. It should drive people to your dealership and it should drive people to your website because that's the highest probability of you selling a car, right? If they're not going to your dealership and they're not going to your website. I don't care what message it is. It's going to be really, really hard for you to sell a car. So when you look at it from that perspective, what should what should uh, the, the decision maker be be looking at? Is it VDPs? Is it SRPs? Like what what do you think if there was one thing that you were measuring that 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 you would say, well, at least focus on this thing and measure that? Well, Herb, it's it's unfortunately, man, I got to take a step backward before I walk forwards. Um, is because in the times that we've been doing car biz, we're going on our seventh year this year. Um, we've learned a lot about how data interacts with. Uh, changes, right? So, so but the only way you can see data change is with historical data. So I implore all of you to go get as much historical data, which with these really vendors, important. 11 months, maybe sometimes 13, depending on when you catch them, go back and get all of the information, dude, all of it and track what happens when you pull a lever right now. You're just pulling levers like a slot machine, right. but none of, you, none of you know what time or when the last spool went. So it's just pulling, 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 yet we don't have any answers. So if you go backwards and you look at historical analysis and you say to yourself, okay, we made a change in June. Let's see what happens to the VDP count. So let's break this down. Let's take it a step further. Let's look at you. So what's the most important thing to look at within your third-party providers, okay? Within your third-party providers, look at your SRP to VDP conversion metric, all right? And then look at the number of leads. Stack that, that's what we call CarBiz, data stacking. Stack those leads and break them out by phone calls, emails. Guys, here at CarBiz, we use what I refer to as high CarBiz tech. It's Microsoft Excel, all right? Or whatever <laughs> version of it is. Like, please stop with the overthinking it. Just put it in a spreadsheet. Don't, it, the, here's a, here, I'll tell you a quick story about data stacking and third party vendors. So I have a client in Northern Colorado, a group that I helped found back in 2003, 2004. Unbelievable group of human beings, just some of the coolest cats on the block. They were sitting with the cars.com represented recently for their entire group and going over data. And my my guy that I actually hired, and now he is the VP of operations for the group. I'm so proud wow. of that. Uh, my boy Jake, I hired him in 2004, and now here he is, the, the, the head man of a group eight stores wide, about to be 10. Um, so anyhow. He's sitting with the cars.com rep and behind the scenes, right? He's got my data up and he's kind of hiding behind his laptop and he's kind of looking at stuff, popping his head over. Bender goes, Hey man, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I was just looking at your data. And the guy's like, well, I got it right here. You know, on my, my one page or whatever. You know? <laughs> and the dude's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've only got like this month, right? And last month he's like, yeah. He goes, I'm looking at like the last three years, dude. And the guy goes, where did you get that from? Okay. That's the response from a vendor about his own data to his own client was, hold on a second, where in the hell did you get that from? Right? So, what now? Uh, and then he brings him around and then he goes ahead and, and Herb, you know our business model, so I won't bore you with the details, but within our business model, it's video based. And so my client hits play on his video for what I, the video is termed the big three. So it breaks down your auto trader gurus, cars.com, and Carfax if you got it, right? So we break those down. I do that whole thing in less than three minutes, like two and a half minutes. I got the whole thing summed up, done, all the trigger points done. You're happy you move on. That's for all the vendors combined. This kid watched just his portion, turned to my client and said, well, now he might put field reps out of business if he gets any bigger because that took a minute and I got a 30-minute meeting plan with you. Yeah, right. <laughs> last month's data, nothing historical. So I implore you. My point of the story is, dealers, go get your historical data. GA will go back as far as you've got the guts to go back in it. Yeah. The difference in GA is if you don't already have goals set up in GA, I mean goals like, and don't, don't over-goal yourself. God, please don't do that. New car, used car VDP, phone call, text, uh, chat, schedule service pages if they're important to you, and maybe the maps and directions page. Other than that, who gives a shit? Everything else right. is a micro 
moment that you can measure with segments, that you can measure with data filters. You don't need to add it to the goal, but goals are not retroactive. So dealers, if today you do not have GA goals set up, I'm going to do you a favor for HERS people only. All right. Her personally, if they come to me, I'm going to pay, I will fit the bill to have their GA account straightened out immediately. Dude, right on. That's awesome. Okay? That's how important this shit is. Because if you're out there spending 15, 20 grand a month on Google and you don't have goals set up in GA, you are doing this. Yeah. Her? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> our time and our money and this money doesn't grow on trees even if it's co-opable and my god even more so if it's co-opable please look at the money just because someone's giving it back to you doesn't make it worth a shit i promise you there are holes all over the place you just gotta look and you can't do it without goals yeah no dude i love that man that's awesome yeah, no, I totally agree. The, the one thing I would add to that too is make sure you do your SRP and VDP views on the data because that's how we look at everything. We're looking at everything in SRP and VDPs, but a lot of the times when we're in these Google Analytics conversations, nobody's set that up. And so they're just looking at holistic data and it's like, yeah, but you don't make decisions like that in the car business. Right. Like, why? Bounce, rate, bounce rate ain't enough to do nothing on. Right. rate's ever good for anymore is if you've got a bounce rate that is sub 15%, your Google Analytics account is currently broken and corrupt. You have two GA accounts running. You need to remove one and normalize your bounce rate. Anyone who thinks they're doing great because they have a 10% bounce rate doesn't realize the data is broken. It cannot be that good. I do right. not care who you are. I do not care what store you have or how great you think your website is. If you see that, I get clients all the time. I sign up with them. Hey, Sean, we really appreciate it, but you know, we got a 10% bounce rate. We're not really sure we need your help. You need my help more than you think because that isn't a good thing. Okay? It just isn't. And and pay time on site, okay. I mean, eh, I mean, it's fine. It, it can, it can, it's all a guide, anyways. But but VDPs are the secondary guide. So I'm all about VDP goals. SRP heard. I'm not really I'm not really a goal SRP guy. Only because if you go into behaviors and you go into like drill down on pages, you can see those, and then you can put map down goals on VDPs to kind of get your idea on conversion. I mean, I get why some people do it, and it's you know what, Herb, I think it's a good basis. So here I am. I'm 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 thinking more on an advanced level for for people starting out, but. The only reason that I'm against it is because what it will do if you look at your all goals, right, the very top piece of GA, when you hit that trigger point, right, all goals, triggers, if you have 100 goals, that number is going to look absurd. Yeah. And every time you add something to it, it's going to look more absurd. So just be careful how many goals you add and then how much you're getting granular on each of the data conversion points. That's what I'll say. Because Google Analytics is – don't go without a Sherpa, man. You should never you should never go into a position by yourself. It can be a scary place, especially if you don't know what you're looking for because it can lead you right. to rabbit holes. So just be careful and don't bother doing anything unless you have goals set. Right on. All right, dude. So moving along, um, I wanted to have this conversation with you while you're here. Um, I think you I, – I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard you talk about this recently, and I wanted to kind of get your perspective, and that's, you know, uh, Carvana, right? Big growth, um, taking market share away. Um, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, I'll share mine first here really quick, right? So I don't believe that two things with Carvana. I still believe that dealers have all, all the advantage because of the service department and all the other amenities that they offer, right, in the car purchasing experience. My other takeaway with Carvana is, and I don't know when the data is going to be available for this, but would customers that purchased a vehicle through during that process would they buy that vehicle again right in that way um my my biggest concern is being proactive are, are we being proactive enough as an industry i guess is the, is the real the real point right to prepare against that or to offer an alternative at the dealer level mm, herb interesting question dude interesting question um so here, Carvana, I, I, I take pause because I have to I have to think through kind of my feelings have evolved on Carvana as, as any good feeling should evolve. Right. Um, they've evolved because initially I thought, well, whatever, it's, it, it's a gimmick. It's not that it's not that interesting to me because anyone could do it. Well, 
I like the fact that Carvana has motivated dealers to get their head out of their ass and really understand that there has got to be a different way to transact. Okay, that's what this is about. This does not mean digital retail. I got. I want to make that very clear to people. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Digital retail. That's Carvana's model because that's the only way Carvana can have a model. Right. Okay, it's not like. It's not like they can do paper to pen. They have to in some instances. Some states still require ink on paper. But um, I saw the delivery truck in my uh, going past my town the other day, and uh, and and I, it had a car on it, and I was this close because I was had a free afternoon to following that car, just all the way to its stop with all my podcast gear. <laughs> like no, no, cool, glad I'm glad you did this. Cameras come out, lights come on. I'm like okay, well yeah, good. Sit down and let's uh, let me tell me why. And what, what, what this is about, right? So um, it it's not that big of a deal, dude. Uh, my business partner, his brother lives in Chicago, okay? And his brother called me, uh, didn't call me, called my business partner and said, hey, I want to buy a Subaru WRX, but I can't find any in Illinois, which makes sense. They're kind of rare. They're not rare cars, but in the Midwest, they're not certainly not as big of a deal as they are in Colorado, okay? Where Subaru may as well be the flag over there. Uh, for Colorado. So, so here we are, we're talking and I said, dude, why don't you just let me get the car for you? Have it delivered to your front door. Well, how could you do that? It's a new car. I, I, I don't, I don't understand your question. Why can't I do it? He says, well, I, it, you, I, I don't want to spend that much money. I don't want to have it shipped. I don't want to do all these things. Right? So we go through, we get him the whole deal. We put it together. We send it over to him. He looks the deal over. He looks at the bottom line number and says to my business partner, some of the effect of well, dude, this is like basically the same deal I'm getting now. And my business partner points out that, yeah, but it includes shipping and your taxes. My buddy says, well, well the price I have now, I got to pay taxes on top of that. How did you get me a, a multi-thousand dollar better deal than I had previously? Well, I happen to know the people who own the dealership. It's the, it's the group I mentioned to you earlier, right, um, that, that I helped found back in, back in 2004. So it's something that I know is, is, is important to, to the consumer is to have an experience. Well, guess what, dude? No offense to my boy. I love him to death, uh, but he's a shut-in, right? So he didn't want to go out. He didn't want to deal with other people. Guess what, Herb? He uh, signed the deal. Paperwork was at his house a day later via FedEx. The car was on his front porch less than six days from Colorado. Brand new car like he's wanted, and he'll tell you. I don't have to tell you. He'll tell you it changed his life. It got him out. It got him good going WRX groups. He drives it everywhere. He loves his life. A car purchase changed someone's life. That, there's no bigger smile to me. But again, am I Carvana hurt? Is that what I just did? I mean, no, I'm just someone who realizes there's a better way to transact and has deep enough connections to be able to make a call and do that. No different than the dude we posted about today. Yeah. It's all the same thing. It's about a personal service. So yeah, dude, is this going to be something people want to do? Sure. But is it something every dealership in America could do right now? Yeah. So why don't we? I don't. That's that's my biggest. Oh, dude, come on. We're so stuck in our own way, dude. <clears throat> Herb, I was at Jason Harris's event in Toronto. Okay, right. which by the way, dude, we like we got to get you up there for that. Like you need to be a part of it. I'm gonna call Jason see if he's doing it again. Because if he is, I'm gonna put you on the list because I think you'd be great up there. Um, so Thanks, the event, right, bro? I'm in Canada. Me and my wife had never been there, and so as I'm walking up to do my my part of the show, I had a young man who was one of his first couple times in his career presenting ahead of me, okay? And he was full of energy, but a lot of what he was saying literally flew in the face of what I was about to say. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, equivocally, it was just like, you need technology. Don't worry about people. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, whatever. <laughs> to that extent, right? So I'm talking to my wife, and I said, babe, I got I to gotta change everything right now. I got a 180, my whole presentation, because – I don't want to do this. The first guy's first couple of times. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to bring him in. I want to make him, you know, make him a part of my presentation, you know, bring it all together. So I'm flipping the script. I'm going through everything. And I says, hey, Canada, how many of you are willing to sell a car via the phone? There's probably 35, 40 people in the room, Herb. Can you guess how many people raise their hand? Nobody. Zero, Herb. Yeah. Zero. Ding, ding, ding. Herb wins. <laughs> Because it was zero, Herb. No one was willing to sell a car over the phone. So I ask you, my friend, the problem? The problem is we don't even sell cars over the fucking phone, let alone transact online. We're not going to talk to us. What are we doing? 
Oh man, this is too much. Uh, What are we talking about, right? So, dude, it's again. I go back to the group in Colorado because it's important to me. Two thousand four. One of the first conversations we ever had about how we were going to grow our Subaru brand was how are we going to get to the mountain customers who have a real legitimate excuse they don't want to come down. They don't want to come down from the mountains. That's why they live up there. I get it. That's cool. How do we reach them without making them come down? Because all we kept hearing on the phone every time I jump on a TO for one of my guys, I hear, "Oh man, but the drive." So fine, one day I just was on the phone with the customer. I'm like, here, how about this drive? How about the drive to your living room? What do you mean? What if I brought the car to your living room and all the paperwork to your living room? He says to himself, yes, and I'll tell everyone in my neighborhood about you if you do that. Boom. Overnight, dude, we're delivering 15 units a month out of the store. Never to be set foot in our store. And my owner, see what I love about my owner at the time was the dude wasn't a car guy. He was already rich doing other shit. He just decided to get into the car business and really make it a thing. And that's what I loved about it. He, he wasn't, he didn't have traditional ideas. So when I came to him and said, we need to, we need to approach our, our website company and have them build us a secure page where we can have credit card deposits taken on our website. He didn't say to me, you're nuts, get out of my office. He said, that sounds awesome. Go get it fixed. Well, and it was like, boom, 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 done. You know what I mean? The guy never gave me a budget. Never. Herb, worked for the guy for a long time. Never once did he ever give me a budget. All he ever said was, if we lose money two months in a row, pack your shit and get out. (laughs) No, no one's feelings are hurt. (laughs) It's it's just moving on. So so I think if we can, the younger generation is taking over the dealerships right now, right? You see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Next generation, I implore you, do not be like your parents. Okay, don't get stuck. You have to be nimble in today's car business. If the if the recession taught you nothing, if closing doors taught you nothing, let Carvana and all the other rooms of the world teach you that everything they do, you can do, plus you can service effing customers and sell new cars. They can't do what? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, dude, you said something right now that I, I, I definitely want to cover with you, and that's the, the generational change. I think that's a really good point. So I'm seeing a lot of, like you said, a lot of young people trying to take over and they're all tech. They want to do everything tech. They don't want to touch the cars anymore. They want to do everything Viato, you know, whatever Viato says. They don't want to, um, you know, do any, anything traditional. No more gut feeling on appraising a trainer. Yeah, right, right. right. You're not walking out, putting your fingers in the tire, <laughs> gently rubbing the scratches left to right. No, 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 no. It's uh, beep, 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 beep. uh yeah. okay. That's what the car's worth. So <laughs> it's very sanitized, bro. Very sanitized in that way. So, so my question is, how dangerous is that right now in this transitional period when we're going? I think like we're going from from fifty to a hundred, oh, just like that, and we we can't change it. We got to take it in, in steps because. There's still a big portion of the car, car buyers out there that are not that are not going to like look at you on Facebook. They're not going to look at you on on um, you know your your website or whatever. They're still traditional uh, uh, consumers. Um, you know they still want the touch and feel experience when they go to the dealership and and all those things. I mean, um, what are your thoughts? So, dude, the generational part of it is something that I'm, I'm extremely concerned about in my work because I work with a lot of guys in that transitional model, right? So I have guys that are where I'm, where our company is really becoming valuable is helping the younger generation understand the older generation because I've been around this long enough to have seen both. And you said it. It's typical of our business, but here we go, right? We have the opportunity to change the guard, change things up, and we have to just go from zero to 100 or from 100 to zero. We can't just go from 100 to 90 and then from 90 to 80. And then from 80 to 70, no, we can't do that. We just, it's, it's all extreme shit, right? It's unnecessary. Take your time, man. Understand why you're triggering change and then follow the triggers of change to see if it works. I'm not here, I'm not here imploring that people blow up the business model of buying cars because there's nothing to change. Just stop being old school about it. When did you stop throwing people's keys up on the roof to make them stay all day, right? Like in the 80s, right? In the 90s, you stopped being able to do so many things with the banks because the bank regulations changed. In the 2000s, you had to change your game because the internet became more important. So you couldn't hide shit in your used car pictures. So it's there. We're all here evolutionary-wise. But here's the thing. Everybody talks about how behind this industry is. I got to tell you, I take offense to that. I'll tell you why. Because as far as technology and marketing advertising goes, there is no industry further ahead than this one. 
Every new piece of tech, everything Google wants to try, most of Google's money comes in from this industry. Don't let that be mistaken by anybody. Now, do we utilize it correctly? Probably not. That's fine. We're working on it. But th th it's not well, – this isn't the 80s, dude. So I don't want to hear this out outdated stuff, but it's certainly still time to make a change. And let's, let, let's, let's not act like it's one person's job. It's an industry's job. To pick this up to move uh, a dude I follow up in uh, Colorado up in Steamboat Springs I believe his name is Marcus Williams he's a fixed ops cat herb if you haven't followed him or don't know him you should check him out um, he talks so much about people all the questions he asks in a given day all the posts he make in a given day are about people and process whether that's hiring firing or keeping this dude's all about it and every time I read it I think to myself why do I not have more cats like this you know, why aren't more people the day fours? Why aren't we all trying to do this and be a part of that? So um, I think there's a huge groundswell right now. Guys like yourself, me, the, you know, the foys of the world, everyone who's out trying to do this, trying to make it happen like that. Uh, I think there's a groundswell. I just, unfortunately, sometimes, Herb, it's more of us vendor partners kind of patting ourselves in the back and yeah. the are behind us. So instead of doing that, instead of doing this to each other, why don't you grab your next deal or hug them and tell them you're going to fix it with them? Love that, man. That's awesome. So on that note, because um, we're getting really close to that time, I kind of wanted to leave things off with uh, with people process, right, and talk a little bit about that. Um, 2020, right? Obviously, there's a lot of changes. Technology, you got, you know, the, the, the generational changes, all these things happening in the industry. Um, what can we do in 2020 on the people process side to really make sure that we're, you know, dude, I go back to that article that you posted yesterday, such a powerful thing. You know what I mean? It just shows unequivocally, in my opinion, that no matter what's happening, it's the people, man, that are, that are going to make the difference no matter what. And so if we don't grasp that, man, if we just go all into technology and we, we miss the, the, the personal touch, we're going to end up with these situations like, dude, have you been to McDonald's recently with, the, with those kiosks and stuff? Uh, they won't even serve you. I haven't been to McDonald's. I'm not a McDonald's guy, but a Panera Bread has had them for a long time. You know, and as someone on the road who tries to eat health conscious, you know, the Panera ends up on my list. Uh, but, dude, I, 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 I find myself choosing it. Because I, this is going to fly in the face of what a lot of people think. <laughs> like, I don't really like hanging out or talking with people. Like, I don't, it's not, it's not really, I'm not, you know, I know how weird that is, but if I had my druthers, I would sit up in, you know, in the North Woods by myself in an isolated, you know, 50 acres. If I had, if I had it to my own. Um, but, but, so I, I find myself drawn to it, but I also am drawn to it because it has no line. Like you're, you're watching, you're watching 15 people lined up to talk to a human. Well, maybe that was the wrong, that was the wrong, that was the wrong example. But my point is that that was the wrong. <laughs> so okay, so let me let rewind. So we spend thousands of dollars to get people into our dealers. Yes. And now we want to kiosk them to death with the yes. kiosk in the service department, kiosk in the in the finance department. Like, what is going on, man? Okay. The kiosk. No one wants to really buy here's here's what it is. I think we I think we kind of missed the boat. So like kiosk. I find value in kiosk after hours no different than a key drop. I, I totally agree. Yeah. So, Think it's awesome. No yeah. Stop having your dealerships open for 24 hours a day. That's fucking nonsense. <laughs> Talk about people in process. Stop burning your people out. Dustin Corbett, again, if you don't follow him or don't know who he is, go find him. He runs a Ford store up in New York. This dude was talking about it today. Burnout is the number one cause of people rolling out of our industry. Okay, and on the and on the finale of the Chronicles, you and I talked about it, right? Mm -hmm. What what a finale! But but I hope yeah. the background didn't people didn't lose the message, which was a company that already has a thirty eight hour work week basically for their salespeople already is trying to figure out a way to go to four day work weeks. What now? Yeah, yeah. They got seventeen stores. They're going to go to four day work weeks. The fact that they're even talking about it puts them miles ahead of anyone else. Whether yeah. or not, almost feels irrelevant because the thought and the fact they're going to put in the time to investigate because I know them well enough, that's exciting stuff, dude. It's really, really exciting stuff. So, yeah, man, um, people in process. So on the people side, don't burn them out. And on the process side, don't overthink it. 
Don't overthink it. When you meet a customer as a salesperson, so if you're, if we talk about decision makers watching your show, if you're a salesperson watching this show, okay, here's what I want you to think about. Herb, you were out at Rockstar. Mm -hmm. I, I, went out, I went on a whole run about this, but here's my point. Take the time to listen to your customer. I'm working on an upcoming uh, episode of Five Minutes with Sean that is going to be all about how most people hear, very few listen. And it's a problem. It's a real problem. Uh, most of what you have is an issue. People say, Sean, you're a great salesperson. No, I'm actually just really decent at listening. I'm, that's all I really am. Because selling in today's world isn't what selling used to be. It's far less abrasive. It, you, you don't, all you have to do is listen, and the story goes. People will tell you how to sell them. It's no truer than today. So take your time, meet a customer, do the meet and greet, do the needs analysis. Yeah. Go on the test drive. <laughs> on the test drive sit in the back seat i call it i call it test drive intel what are you doing they're gonna forget you're back there they're gonna start talking amongst themselves telling themselves how they oh, shouldn't tell you they want to buy this car so listen. Just listen bro take people aside and listen take time with the process do not rush your customer if your customer is in a rush then keep up with them don't slow them down to make more gross you can make gross on the run. That's nonsense. Just keep the customer at their pace. And most of all, don't change their mode of communication. If they're comfortable starting out texting you, then text back. Don't text back. Call me. They're on a fucking cell phone. They want to call me. They've already done that. <laughs> Stop it. If they're emailing you, they have a phone and they want to call you. Just do what they're asking. And don't be afraid to ask for the business. I started off, people say, oh, what's your best price? I email back. If I give you my best price, are you willing to call me with a credit card and a $500 deposit to save this vehicle? Email back. Yes, I am. Then I'll call you with my best price. What's the best number to call you at? Boom. Done. See ya. It, it's not rocket science, folks. It's just being freaking courteous to the, to the person next to you and having respect that this is going to be the second and in some cases the first largest person purchase of these people's lives. Yeah, exactly. Please respect it. Act like you haven't done it before in some cases and go back to being a consumer. Um, quick, I know her will run up against it, but quickly, I'm never a consumer of goods. I just, my, my wife and I, we, we sit in our house, we buy shit online, we move on. But recently something has come up that we wanted to get a, a new couch. So I was like, okay, here we go. You know, oh, I'm going to be a consumer of goods. So I go online and I quickly realize I'm online going, why the fuck am I looking at couches online? Like, what what, what am I doing? So instead, I, I erase my Google search. And I go back to just furniture stores near so-and-so because I was headed to that town, right? Delta. Oh, there's Florida. Kick okay, yeah. ass. So I bring my, I said, my wife and I, I was on my way up for a snowmobile trip. So my wife was dropping me off with uh, my business partner who's driving up there. And I said, hey, before we go, let's take a couple hours. Let's go shop furniture. Like, this would be fun. It's like, it's like our version of buying a car. And she looks at me and she's like, you know that shit ain't fun, but I'm going to do it anyways, right? So we go in. We go into this first place, and it's a mausoleum. Herb. It's it's humongous. It's it's They're gigantic, this place. And oh, right away, you walk in. You're like, oh, my God. Salesman walks up. <laughs> you guys ever seen three and a half acres under one roof? No, I haven't. Thank you very much. Like, I am automatically relaxed because I realize it's only three and a half acres. Not even <laughs> um, cool. All right, I'm good. And he goes, so real quick, what do you want the hunt for? Let me see if I can help you narrow it down. So we're looking for sectionals. He goes, great. Over in this corner is your value. Over here is your leather. Over here is your high-end fabric. Right over there is the stuff that's sort of in between. If you have any questions, I'm Scott. I'm super tall. Find me in the back. Done. Okay, beautiful, right? So we walk our roadmap, we sit on shit, we jump on shit, we have all that fun. <laughs> and, and we get, as we're, we're getting done, right? He's, he's, his post up is at the exit, right? Entry exit. So we're getting ready to leave, and he's like, hey, guys, and you catch your eye? We're like, yeah, man, a couple things, you know, but it's the furniture. And he's like, it's a hunt, go on it. And if we stand up to be the best, come back and see us. Well, great, bro. See you later. Next store, right? Big, big store, big label store. You know, they got a big name everywhere. So you go in there, and you're like, cool. And the kid, a salesman, a totally different approach. He's an attack. He's an attack guy with all the details. 
What are you guys looking for? Second show is cool. What fabric? Oh, do you know the thread count in that fabric? Oh, do you know the spring? Oh, so I'm like, what the? No, bro. Can I, you got something I can sit on? What kind of, and he's just. <laughs> and my, my wife, dude, my wife's like this, bro. She's like, uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. She's, she's gone. She's checked out. So I'm like trying to keep up with this cat. And I just find that I can't. And I find that like, why am I trying? This is silly. Like, I'm just going to. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a bounce, you know. I'm gonna find a reason. It's a very tight knit environment, right? It's one on one in a furniture store, and you're like, didn't realize what time it was, bro. Gotta, gotta bounce, gotta go. So I left. We're looking at the third store on the list, right? And as soon as we pull up to the third store on the list, you realize there's no one out front. I did a quick Google my business search of it. It gets like under four stars. Third one off the list. Look at my wife. What do you think? What do you like? I really like that first one. I really like everything about that first, first thing. All right, cool. Let's go. Go back, walk in. Guys, like, what do you like? We like this one. Oh, that's top of the line. That's really nice. It sure is. We'll take it. You will? We will. Have a nice day. See ya. Went to my house three days later. It's over. It was done with. And it didn't didn't have to be a headache. I was terrified about it was going to be. I equated it to buying a car, which is sad because if you buy a car from me, and I say that because I help people buy cars every day. You find that the process can be super cool, super chill, and not a pain in the ass at all. That's why I think I was successful selling cars because I identified really early on that I was a pain in the ass. And I had to fight managers and owners along the way who didn't like what I did or like my approach. But I always stood by it because I knew it would work. And that's why I was good for you know, 25, 30 a month for a couple of years. So that's yeah, it. Man, a long bender there for you, pal. But I, I want people to realize that uh, – even though you can't be a consumer of cars, if you've been doing this a decade, you're not a car consumer and you can't be. Um, but everything else you consume, think about that interaction and what you appreciate. Yeah, no, I love that story, man. I think that that, that describes exactly you know, how to win. You know what I mean? Because um, and that, like you, you said it perfectly. Like Right now, the customers have everything. They've made the decision. If they show up to the dealership, your job is to remove all the obstacles so that they can buy what they're there to buy. You know, Don't make it difficult for them. Just... You know, try to make yeah. that super easy, comfortable. Herb, I don't know how. I, I know you got in the business a while ago. I, I don't remember. I don't remember your actual date. But I am pre two thousands in this business, right? So in in the late nineties, when you went to appraise someone's trade and you found a stack, Herb, of magazines and newspapers of all the cars these people were going to visit today. The interior had armor all on it. The exterior was beautiful, and it was an eighty five Buick. Okay, and 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 so today was the day. And I knew that. And I made sure that that guy wasn't going to leave. Today's the day. He's got it washed up. The title's in the glove box. If I look for it, it's all here. Let's make the deal. Today's consumer is the guy in the 85 Buick. They got stacks of information. They already know everything. And the second you play a game and they realize it, off the list, just like that. And it, it's not about putting you on one. It's about removing you from one. Yeah, love that, man. Dude, thank you so much. This has been awesome, man. I really appreciate this, uh, the, you know, this session. You coming back on, doing the video thing. Uh, thank you so much, man. Herb, um, I, dude, I hope, I hope uh, your audience likes it, dude. I have, this was awesome. This is all the laughing I can handle for a Friday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> one, man. Again, keep up the great work. I love what you're doing, my friend. And if we can help support the message in any way moving forward, you let us know. Thanks, brother. I want to give you a couple minutes to, you know, talk about your business. Let us know how we can get in touch with you. And if you have anything coming up, uh, you know, uh, let us know. Well, we'll do it. Herb, I appreciate the time. Uh, here's the deal. You can see me every week, five minutes with Sean, maybe 10. We have our YouTube channel. The uh, title listed below here, Carbiz, done better on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Come check it out. Uh, new content every single Monday. Hasn't failed now in 115 Mondays, I want to say. So uh, we're not screwing around with that. That's really important to us. And uh, we're kind of like the Brett Favre of, uh, of, of missing starts. We don't miss a Monday. So tune in. Be a part of it. Um, I'm all over LinkedIn. I love the conversation. If you, don't, if, if you don't follow me, follow me. I'll follow you back. I love it. I love to interact with people. I love to hear the stories. Um, as far as what we got going on, uh, we, got a, we got a kind of a travel ban over here at Carbiz. We, uh, we are not hitting the road this year. Um, the, the show circuit has sort of run its course for us and what we believe it to be valuable. And so we're going to take our time this year. We're going to go out and see our clients hand-to-hand, handshakes, sitting down with them because we run a virtual company. So we want to go ahead and, and get that personal aspect of it. So um, if you're 
Uh, I'm going to let people know as I go out on travels to visit dealers. If you're in those areas, I'd love to meet you. Love to have a drink. I, I'm all about camaraderie of this of this industry all day. Um, my company is obvious, right? I'm listed everywhere. Car Biz Done Better is the name. Uh, check us out on our website. And uh, and most importantly, my goal for everyone and for this industry is to leave it better than I found it. So if that's something that you're interested in doing, please reach out. Let me know. I'd be happy to help any way that I can. Right on, man. Yeah, we're going to put everything in the in the show notes, guys. So go there. Um, make sure to connect with uh, with Sean. If you're not doing it, again, follow his content. It's a, it's good stuff, man. I, I listen to it religiously, and it's just tons of insights and, and super valuable. Uh, dude, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. There is one question that I ask everybody that comes on the show. Uh, I already asked you that, right? So we're going to uh, put a twist. So um, where do you see the automotive industry headed in the next five years? But the twist is how do you see that in the people process um, uh, arena? I think the twist in the next five years is that the, the, the part of the consumer interaction, how it comes together, um, is going to be more on their turf than on ours. And you better wrap your mind around that. And you better be willing to meet the customer where they want to be met. It's no longer about coming to you. I realize you got big, beautiful buildings, and I'm all about that. They're going to come there for service if you do your jobs right. Okay? And you got to do your jobs right to get them back for service because now service intervals are getting even wider, right? Because yeah. cars are becoming even more well-built. So you've got to care even more about the next steps of life. So please don't, don't think for a second that you can just continue doing what you're doing today. As my example of Canada showed, it's no different here in the, here in the United States. Less than 10% of people are going to raise their hand to sell a car by the phone. And that's what's going to have to change. You're going to have to realize, in that article we were referencing it multiple times today, that dude's done deals via text only. Text only. Yep. I just connected people on a $100,000 car purchase via text only. I never met either party. I don't even know them. They reached out to one guy reached out to me. I reached out to another connection I knew online to help facilitate the deal. So it it just isn't it isn't about phone calls, hammering, getting all people, you know, 40 times a day. It's about meeting them where they want to be met when they want to be met. That's the only change, man. People are still gonna buy cars. There might be more electrical ones on the road, I suppose, but I'll still be driving gas, damn it, Herb. I'll still be driving gas. There you go. I'll, I'll be right there with you, man. <laughs> all right, that's all the time that we have. Thank you again so much. Uh, you know, dude, it's been awesome. I really appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Um, uh, if you haven't done so, please, please make sure to share this podcast, share this episode with somebody that can take it back to the dealership and implement in their day to day. And uh, that's all we got. As usual, we'll talk later. Later.